Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature Los Angeles-based painter Kalita Rawls. Her paintings merge hyper-realism with poetic abstraction. Situating her subjects in dynamic spaces, her recent work employs water as a vital, organic, multifaceted material and historically charged space. Ranging from buoyant and ebullient to submerged and mysterious, black bodies float in exquisitely rendered submarine landscapes of bubbles, ripples, refracted light, and expanses of blue. Embedded in her titles and topographical notations in the compositions, her canvases represent an expansive vision of strength and tranquility during today's turbulent times, while insisting on the triumph of humanity. She received a BA from Spelman College and an MA from New York University. Exhibitions of her work have been organized at Lehman Maupin, New York in both 2021 and 2023, as well as various small fires and standard vision, both located in Los Angeles, to name a few. Her work has been featured in numerous group exhibitions internationally, including the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, 12th Berlin Biennial for Contemporary Art in Berlin, Germany, Los Angeles County Museum of Art, Spelman College Museum of Fine Art, the Norton Museum of Art in West Palm Beach, to name a few. Kalita's work is in numerous public and private collections, including the Dallas Museum of Art, Los Angeles County Museum of Art, Perez Art Museum Miami, Spelman College Museum of Fine Art, and the Studio Museum in Harlem. Please visit CerebralWomen.com for their artist's very interesting and expanded bio. Enjoy this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast featuring Kalita Rawls. Kalita, welcome to my podcast. I'm excited to feature you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Uh, when did you discover your artistic passion? Uh, I'd say when I was a young kid, I don't, I don't know, I guess I was, it was always nurtured by my parents. I think because my mother gave me endless amount of art supplies, she drew a lot or painted. And so then I always did it. And my father for pastimes would go, we'd go to galleries and things. And I think it was nurtured there and became part of an everyday early. Was there a particular artist that caught your attention that you were really excited about? Early on, my father had this print of the Winslow Homer piece. What was it? Force of Nature. And that was in our living room. And I used to stare at it all the time. 
just the water, the, the, the possible stories that could be connected to it or made up from it, where my brain could go. That, I think, had a lasting impact. My mother was really a fan of Mary Cassatt. I remember the books and her repainting her paintings in watercolor. That mother-daughter, beautiful connections in a lot of her pieces or women. And I think both of those artists are probably very influential. How did you connect with water and how is that expressed in your work? I connected with water from starting with a desire to use it as exercise. I saw a friend at a school, one of my children's schools, and she looked great. And I was like, what are you doing? So I want to look like you. She says, I'm in a swim program. And I went to go join her and thought I could swim. And I realized I really didn't know how to swim. I really just knew how to not drown. And in that class, the coach was very patient with me. It was a master swim team. So you could just see how arrogant I am. I just showed up. I was like, I can swim. I swam in a public pool when I was like five. I can go swim. And these were real swimmers. And they were very patient with me. Probably laughed at me behind my back, but it's okay. I love them dearly. I would go there and I started swimming and and learning how to really swim, like the technique and the breathing and the, and the position of the arm and how to kick. And I'd go a couple times a week. And then it was in those moments when the class was at high noon and seeing the light hit the water and seeing the bodies in the water. And I remember thinking this is the most beautiful, spiritual felt like sometimes moments when I flip on my back and see the sun hit me, you know, and the light popping off the water. It just felt it was something I wanted to bring into my practice. It was important for me to bring my practice. It felt right. And I was excited about that. Do you feel that your audience understands your work and they understand the message that you convey in the way you paint water? Probably not, not fully. And that's okay for me. I like even just looking at a beautiful painting. And if someone just sees that's fine. And if somebody gets more of the symbolism I have of water being like a metaphor for life, a feeling like something that is overwhelming, something that could, it's it's bigger than us. It's stronger. It could kill you. But at the same time, it could be the most rewarding, relaxing, peaceful thing and experience. And I feel like that all the time, that that yin and that yang or that that pull give. And that's behind all of the work in the water. That's just an undercurrent to it all. And if someone doesn't quite get that, that again, that's fine for me. And I, I really enjoy what people do bring to me in their stories of what they see. I like the openness of it that so many people have such different and personal connections to water. And they see way more than um, that I may put in there or less, or it's their own experience. And, and, and I like that. I like that a lot. When do you know work is finished? Sometimes I feel like another, I'll hear it. I'll hear the side. I can tell it's silent. Or when it connects to another one of my senses, sometimes that happens. Or it just looks so peaceful. I know what the sound of that water would be if I was in there with the subject. When I feel like, yeah, I could hear it, that 
that's usually my time. But then there's some times when it's balanced in a certain way. And that I'm like, I keep painting, but I'm like, whatever stroke I'm doing right now isn't adding to it. Now it's becoming decorative. And then I like take it away and stop. You know, when I'm just like, sometimes I'll push too far and I'll say, oh, now I don't even know. Why did I do that? And then I'll know it's time. Do you listen to music while you're working? I often listen to something, either music or audible books. Often audible books, sometimes music, sometimes podcasts. And and when do the titles of the work enter the creative process? Ah, it's different times depending on the painting. Sometimes when I have the reference photo that I use, so my process is I take photos of people in water and then I look at all of the images and I could do around 400, 500 pictures in one shoot and go through. And I sometimes there's a picture that's, oh my God, this is it. I want to push from this. Or sometimes I'll have four pictures from that shoot and I um, put them together like a, a quilt maker. But sometimes there'll be something, especially knowing what the body of the work is about. Sometimes the titles come quick. Sometimes they do not, and I struggle to figure out what is this title going to be. And yeah, it really depends. And sometimes right in the middle, like I, there's a piece that's the front largest piece in this next show, A Certain Oblivion at Lima Maupin. The big one is titled, We Knew It Was Coming. And that was a line from a um, book, and I, I knew I wanted to use it. And when I thought of how the composition of this painting would be, I I knew it was right for it. That's an interesting title for the name of your show. Oh, yeah. It's that oxymoron or whatever, however you say it. But I am certain. I feel like I'm in a dream state and don't know what's going on out there. (laughs) I'm certain about that. That's the one thing I am certain about. And so it became a, that was it. And the paintings, many of the paintings go very dark but not in a negative way or dark. I mean, maybe some people may think it's, it does have more of a moody aspect to it, but I'm hoping the darkness can seem like hope. I want the darkness to be hopeful. Maybe that's a better way to say it. I want to believe that we're, we're in this moment of radical change, which I feel like a lot of people would agree that we're in. That, again, before the light, there is the darkness, and that's okay. And maybe I'm calling that to myself, to feel okay. (laughs) I like that. What do you feel is the purpose of art? Art is to express our humanity. It is something that exemplifies the fact that we're not just here to survive, that there's something more, and we can express that. I like that. How has your practice changed over the years? Hmm. I think I've matured and therefore the work is maturing with me. I'm more accepting of who I am. And I think that comes off in the work, which I'm happy about. I used to be like a lot of people. I wanted to be different. So much so that I was trying to be different rather than just be me. And I think that when the element of 
thinking of others outside of the practice and how people would feel and want, and, you know, if this would sell or is everyone like this, if all that's taken out and I'm just kind of painting for myself and I have something I want to express and I can finish it the way I envision or even close, or maybe it takes me someplace else that I didn't expect and I feel satisfied and that's it. And I'm happy that I'm at that place right now. That's great. Do you feel Black art can be defined? Yes. In a complicated, nonsensical way, yes. <laughs> Is anything made by a person that defines himself as Black, I think would be defined as Black art. You know, if I'm Black, I make... At the same time, it gets complicated because that... People may feel that because a Black person made the art, it's about race and Blackness. And that's not necessarily true. And that's where it could get confusing. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. It does. So tell us, what are you excited about now? <sighs> I'm excited about my upcoming show. I'm excited about being with a lot of my colleagues and friends during my opening sharing with a lot of my fellow artists, some of my sisters. Well, the work itself, I want everyone there. I want everyone to enjoy it. It's for everybody, but it means the work itself that I created, this body, was my response to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. That's, I, I had an idea for another show and I totally changed it after that happened. And I thought a lot about the next generation of young women and girls and what they have to endure. And I thought a lot of sisterhood and how together this next generation I'm betting on to um, do something a little different, start over. It's a rebirth. And I'm excited to see it and to celebrate it and paint something that I hope will inspire a thought of agency or a feeling of agency or the ability to do something seem powerful. There's images of one help holding another. Like it's, I don't know, we have to carry each other through. And I, and I hope people will see some of that in the work. It, it is very important that women support women. So I appreciate that. If you weren't a visual artist, what other career path do you think you would have chosen? Be a writer or a teacher. Something like that. I enjoyed it. At one point, I used to, I used to um, substitute teach a little bit. I got offered a couple jobs to teach. I didn't do it. But I enjoyed it, especially young kids. And what do you enjoy most about being an artist? I enjoy having an idea, kicking it around, and seeing how I can make it go into physical form from something like a thought to some images. I mean, I feel like I can see all different ways I want to paint something in my head, and then seeing how close I can get some of that. A lot of times before I have my shoot, I have the idea of what I want it to look like. And then all of the other things in between happen. Someone won't do exactly what I envisioned, or we play and it becomes something else. And just watching all the iterations of it until it becomes something that's beautiful and whole that I believe was supposed to be here anyway. And I just was like a way to channel it through, have it come. 
Overall, how do you feel your art professors impacted your practice? I mean, I think they helped with like, when I was, especially in undergrad, it was definitely a lot of, I needed to support to believe I could do it. I think they gave me some of that. They pushed me to push myself. Even like when I said, uh, I'll make sure it's not decorative. That's the voice of my professor, Lev Mills. I remember being in his drawing class and him saying that at the end. Did you need that? Or are you just putting an extra cherry on top that we don't need? Why is that there? And I just think about that a little bit. I remember the words or the direction from my professor, Arturo Lindsay, my painting class, and Toby Martin. He was a sculpture teacher. I remember he really wanted me to get an MFA in sculpture. I did not, but I remember him really hoping I would after undergrad. And then even Professor Sharna Holloway, her life drawing classes, all of them I remember and I use and I practice that. I didn't have the best experience in grad school. I can't even name one professor. <laughs> I've like erased it out of my brain. <laughs> Every name, I don't even know who they were, and I probably couldn't identify them. But I do know my undergrad professors at some college. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. In my grad, it was like I, sh- I didn't do the right program for me, and I did not, I didn't get along. I remember I got a B in a painting class. I was like, are you serious? I didn't want to talk to them anymore. <laughs> do you think you'll ever consider sculpture or ceramics? Maybe, yes. I want to push myself in uh, mediums for sure. I have some ideas of things, but I need to wait a little bit of time when I can get in my studio and play and see what happens. But I I never explored it enough to feel confident of creating something and putting that out there. I, I would need more time. But when I was in undergrad, I guess the professor thought I had potential. I used to, I was doing some sculptures with wood. And I remember he was saying that to me and I was like, no, nah, I'm a painter. I define myself already. So I didn't really explore it that much. Follow your instincts. How do you keep learning? I think through books. I love books. I love the word. I think I know more on literature than I do art. I can have way more, a lot of my friends, most of my friends are probably writers than in the fine art world. I have a few very good friends that are painters and things, but... I'm kin to writers. I enjoy the word. I enjoy the play of words, the combinations in a way. Gotcha. What would you say are the most substantial challenges that you've encountered in building your practice? It depends on what time of my life. I'd say in the beginning, it was self-confidence probably that I could do it. Finances, it, sometimes it was difficult. And then even the mother balance, wife, being so many different things and needed in different ways and pulling with all of those expectations for those roles that we've created in society. All of those things took tolls in my life at different moments and in different ways. It wasn't really necessarily the ideas or anything. It was the time and the energy and having the ability to express myself in that way with that freedom. And I was able to do that. And I got a moment and I ran with it. And I was it worked out. But it's hard. It's hard. It worked out beautifully. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so what does your workspace look and feel like? 
have a new studio I've been in for about a year and I love it. It has great light. I keep it pretty clean. So people, I, I, I'd say, I know that because usually when I have any visits, people are like, it's so clean in here. It's so organized. You know, I think that, I don't know what they expect it to look like, but I do like it organized. I have high ceilings and I need them since I'm getting bigger. I, I told my galleries, I was laughing. I was like, I'm like a goldfish. You give me a bigger space. I just keep growing. I want to get bigger and bigger. And I was like, oh, now I just got a bigger studio. I may need another one soon. Need bigger than this. Cause I just want to keep challenging myself in that way. That's wonderful. I've really enjoyed our episode, and this is going to be our last question. Okay. As an artist, what do you feel is your role? My role is to channel feelings, thoughts, and bring it to a visual light. I mean, for me as a visual artist, I want to express things that can't be said with the word or someone to feel something that they may not be able to recognize that feeling until they see something. I want to hit a new nerve, make a new sound for someone else in their mind when they look at it, connect the nerve ways in a different, unique way. I think that's what we do as artists. Well, thank you for the work that you do. And I tell you, your paintings are unbelievable. You stand there in front of them, and you're like, oh my God, they just they just suck you in. They're, they're just beautiful creativity. It's great getting to know you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this moment with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.